2: What do you do as a child when an unexplained hand comes out from behind the windows and the curtains, yet no human is standing there? Welcome to Real Ghost
0: Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at
3: 855 853 4802 Write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown And quite possibly the undead This is Real Ghost Stories Online
2: That it is, 855-853-4802 is our phone number At Real Ghost Stories Online You can, uh, of course, also write in your ghost story to us If that's how you'd like to do it A little spell check, always nice Grammarly if you got it But, hey, I'll take him anyway. Uh, I'm not trying to rhyme, but uh, I feel fine. Uh, Anyway, what the hell's wrong with me? Uh, Actually, I probably do. It's probably something I had uh, earlier on the porch. But uh, anyway, uh, send those in at uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. Tony and Carol Hughes joining you uh, for today's episode. Do you like my rhymes? I was kind of like laying down the, I wish I had like a beat or something.
3: In a total white dude sort of way. Yeah,
2: wasn't that great? It was like, yeah. I'm like suddenly, you know. Anyway, that was, uh, that was the highlight of my day right there. I'm glad we could all I, share I, in I, that. So uh, anyhow, uh, EPP, if you want to be one of those, support the show, keep us on the air. Sign up uh, at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Uh, what's going on in your world, Carol?
3: Well, Tony... It's almost the 4th of July weekend, and I'm trying to keep my dog safe from the fireworks that seem to terrify him.
2: And and by the time this airs, it'll be a message for all of those who are still doing fireworks towards August. (laughs)
3: It's like, please stop. (laughs) For the love of God, stop. They have been going on. I moved recently, as everyone knows. But um, they've been going on in my neighborhood for about a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And they like the big stuff in this neighborhood. Yeah. And so the good thing is that he's going kind of deaf, so that's helped. (laughs) But it's just this constant like every fan in the house, the TV's on, all that stuff all the time. Yeah.
2: (sighs) That sucks.
3: Yeah, you know, and you live so far out there that you probably don't have that problem.
2: Well, it's my first fourth, so I have no idea what to expect. I did. uh, Me and Harp did go to the uh, fireworks at one of the tents the other day wearing masks and uh, we got our fireworks and it was all outdoors and in and out. Uh, But I, I think I spent. Uh, more than I should have, but hey, you know what? We're not going to any shows this year. We're not going to do anything, and the, girl's right. been, the girl has been kept up in the house. She started podcasting with us. She's begun her career, but she's, you know, she's a seven-year-old. I listened to one yeah. of the
3: episodes. She so <laughs> yeah. adorable.
2: And she's great at it, and she's a seven-year-old little girl, and I just feel... She's
3: so well-spoken.
2: She is. I just feel bad with everything going on of the things that she is... You know, I guess, you know, I, I love those years and I, I her be starting to missing out on some of these things because we can't go do this or go do that Um, in well, school. It's hard to have and,
3: a play date for yeah, her to all of that. meet other kids. Yeah. How do you do that?
2: But she is such a trooper. I could not ask for a better child, uh more patient child uh, when going through this. It's just been She's great. So, <laughs> so For
3: real. This weekend, Tony, shoot off some big shit just for your We time. are.
2: We're we're excited about yeah. it. We really are. Uh so anyway, and that's uh that's uh as time is right now. And if they're still going on by the 30th, okay, guys, yes, follow Carol's <laughs> advice. Please stop. Please stop for the love <laughs> of God. Uh let's go over to our first ghost story. Uh, of the day. It says, apparently, I have always been aware of spirits. When I was two, I was a chatterbox. I may not have a large vocabulary, but I made up for it by constantly talking if anyone was in the room. One day, my mother noticed that when she left the room to get my food, once I was in my high chair, I did not stop talking. So she smiled and teased me by asking who I was talking to. I grinned and I said, Papa. Now, we did not know anyone called Papa. Grandparents were Grandma and Grandpa, words I knew and used, so Mom asked who Papa was. I said, uh, Big black man. They shocked my mother because my father's great-grandfather was a large-framed black man who everyone called Papa. When he was alive, he had died many years before I was born. My first encounter with a ghost that I remember occurred when I was in grade 4. We lived in a house that was over a century old, It was a kid's dream with a large backyard, a porch for rainy days, and wide railings for sliding down. One evening, I had a friend over, and her mother decided to stay and visit. This meant we had to watch my two-year-old sister and my six-year-old brother, so we went up to my room because it had a nice, large, clear area in the middle that was ideal for playing movement games. My room was perfect, except there was no door. On the closet. Instead, my mom had a huge blue curtain across the opening. Up until this evening, the curtain shut with a thin slit down the middle. I had a ton of clothes hung in the closet, including a lacy flower girl dress that we shoved all the way in the back. The closet was a foot inside the bedroom door. I remember it was cozy in the house at night. The windows were shut tight because it was a crisp, cold evening out. My sister loved to play chanting games like I'm a Little Teapot and Rockabye Baby, but that night we decided to play Ring Around the Rosie. "'We sang and fell, or three or four times, and finally we told her, "'This is the last time. "'We got to the position and sang the first line, "'then all four of us stopped still. "'We turned to face the closet, and we stood it that way for at least five seconds, "'staring as a bone-white child's hand stretched towards us "'through the the slit-in-the-closet curtains. "'We went from utter silliness to pandemonium "'as we all took off running past the closet and out the door and down the stairs.' We babbled our story out to our collective parents, and our parents basically told us we must have imagined it. Since we were kids, we basically just went on with life. Years later, I was a teenager listening to my mom talking to her best friend. She started talking about the haunted house we used to live in. She talked about how she used to hear children's laughter and see a little boy and girl play tag through the living room walls. Turned out that she was talking about the same house where I had seen the hand. At the time, she lied to us so we would not freak out, but she knew full well it was not our imagination. I also happened to meet up with someone else who lived in the house after us who had also seen the children playing. I love the podcast. Becoming an EPP for Mother's Day. All the best to you. And there you go. That's the Mother's Day present that keeps on giving. I love
3: that. That's fun. (laughs) It is. You know, we were just, I think it was... The last episode you and I did, we were talking about parents mm-hmm. um, kind of downplaying that they live in a haunted house, Yeah, which is what her mother did. Mm-hmm. So when they ran out, the mother must have known they saw something, but probably so it wouldn't scare them. They're like, oh, imagination. Mm-hmm. But this past weekend, I had that conversation with my mom because we had talked about my mom. Yeah. And so she's like, and I said, did you just do that because you didn't want to scare us? And she's like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, there was that one time, you know, somebody came running down those stairs. And and so I went to see which one of you kids it was. And then I realized that all you kids were outside. And I'm like, okay, so was that like a clue maybe? Well, you know, I never really thought about it. Just getting old. It was weird. And because I said, but mom, like we had named him. Yeah. Like, why did we name a ghost if you didn't think there was one in the house? Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. (laughs) I don't know. Here I thought I'd have one of those mother daughter talks we've never really had. Yeah. And like, that's what I got. Well, I don't know. (laughs)
2: It's interesting. I mean, it makes you wonder. You know how sometimes we can be we can have habits, we can have things that we do that we don't necessarily notice until someone points it out and goes, you do that all the time. And you're like, I, did, I really, I, I had no idea. But it's like an obvious thing. If you stopped and noticed it yourself, you would be able to recognize it. I wonder if it's something sometimes with people who live in the haunted houses, who are in charge of children, who number one, hate the idea of the house being haunted, but then how the overwhelming idea of that being a reality and how are all these kids going to react if there can be a level of just, you know, it's like mental, you know, blocking things out. It's, it's when you can't recall things, but it's almost happening in real time. Um, where those, those mental lapses happen. It's not go and tell me what happened the other day. And it's not there. It's as the event occurs. It's like, it's just done. It's, I don't remember. Well,
3: and my mom did have a mental breakdown when we lived there. Okay. Probably more than one. Okay. But, um, if you know my mom, don't ever tell her that I said that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And and then, you know, I think there's a lot of other things going on at the same time. Yeah. Because there's a lot of problems with the house, let alone then you have a ghost on top of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
3: but that's what I think, like, in that house. Like, that's some scary shit, seeing a white hand mm-hmm. coming out of the closet. Yeah. Like that would scare you. There's no I don't know how old you are.
2: There, there's there's no explanation for that. Isn't I mean, the only thing is like, oh look, it's the start of Mannequin Four. I'm back, 2020. Uh, yeah. Where it's like, oh my god, there's they're making another mannequin, and and that would be but like it, the only time it makes sense.
3: I think though, maybe hopefully that person found uh, got some maybe validation mm-hmm. that the mom later in life. Admitted that the house was haunted Mm -hmm. and saw the kids in the house. Mm -hmm. So then, because, I mean, if you see something like that, you question it. It's like, am I crazy? Especially if somebody says, ah, you didn't see that. And you're a kid. It's like, okay, I guess I didn't see that. But what did I see? What was it?
2: And especially when you get told that so many times to so many things. Then when you do try and recall things later in life, you're like, well what was you know, it gets too Yeah, it's did ever- I really difficult.
3: see that or did I not see that?
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's interesting how the mind works. is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. You want to share your real ghost story with us or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Our next letter, it starts out, says, Hi, guys. I am Victoria, and I am from Italy. I am half Canadian, and English is my second language, so I should not have problems writing. But I'm sorry if I make mistakes. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now, and I'll become an EPP in the future. Right now, I cannot mainly because I'm still a broke university student. I also wanted to thank you guys for making this whole quarantine pandemic situation better with your podcast. Right now, it is very much appreciated. I've always believed in ghosts, demons, and the supernatural, and I'm terrified of them, so I've always wished to never experience anything otherworldly. But something happened, though it is kind of mild compared to the stories I listen to in your podcast. My family and I recently moved out of the house I was born and grew up in. I'm 21 years old right now. The house was built in the 80s, and when my family lived in it, it was always in need of repair and upgrades, which became very costly after a while. Plus, during winter, it was hard to properly warm the house due to its dimensions. so we eventually moved into an apartment complex. The house was big and strange. For example, there was a secret passage that ran past the garage to the basement, the latter being normally accessible by stairs from the living room. I remember that when I would invite my friends over, they'd be impressed with how strangely built it was and how easy it was to get lost. My bedroom was on the second floor right next to the bathroom in a corridor that would lead to the guest bedroom. This room had the tiniest door ever built into the wall. It led to the attic in which we stored old things and luggage. Sometimes my mom would let this tiny door open to prevent the air from becoming too musty or heavy smelling. Or even as an adult, I was terrified of the darkness that you could see behind it. One thing you should know about me is that I love horror movies and gory things. They don't really scare me, but that kind of darkness always made me uneasy. The strangest thing about the house was that one of the guest rooms was made of glass and shelves, so you could see the living room below the stairs that lead to the second floor. Whenever I was going down those stairs, I would always look up to the room to see if there was something strange going on. Nothing ever happened until one day when I was still in high school, A terrifying thing. I woke up, started to go down to the stairs to go get breakfast, and I glanced up at the guest room, as per usual, and I saw that the blinds were completely open and the little attic door was open all the way, which was impossible since I vividly remember closing every blind of the upper floor and checking that the door was closed. My brother couldn't have opened it since he was attending university in Spain. My mom was still asleep and my dad was already working, but he never came in the second room in the morning since he had all he needed downstairs to get ready for work. Since that day, the unease I felt about that room, the door uh, exponentially opening, grew. I I never told my family about this because I did not want to sound crazy or did not want to hear that I was overreacting. Sure, some things could be explained by the fact that the house was old, like the creaking and groaning of the wood in the middle of the night, but sometimes I knew that there was something more to it. For example, my brother's room had three steps to climb before entering it. The middle one was noisy because it was a little bit caved in, but it would make that specific sound only when pressure was applied to it, and I'd hear that noise in the middle of the night sometimes, but I knew it couldn't have been my brother because his steps are really heavy, and he'd only get out of bed in the night to go to the bathroom. Sometimes it was him, sure, but sometimes I would not hear steps or the lights of the bathroom switch on, just the noise of the step. Furthermore, my brother's alarm clock would go off almost once a month, but nobody was sleeping in his room because, again, he was studying in Spain. Sometimes I would also find the TV on, but no one was watching it. I remember that when I was home alone, I would never play loud music because I felt like it was not welcomed by the house. When I moved out, I finally told my family about what happened and the unease I felt, and surprisingly, my mom told me that she had the same impression. After my parents sold the house, my mom told me that once, when she was in the kitchen preparing dinner, she felt like the house was exuding an extremely negative feeling, almost as if it was angry because we sold it. My mom stopped what she was doing. She talked to the house saying that we always took care of it and we spent much money and time working on it and that the next family was going to inhabit it was really lovely and she was sure they would take good care of it as well. After that, she stopped feeling the negativity in the air. She also told me that when I was younger, I would have conversations with no one, almost as if I had an invisible friend. She said that I never asked questions, but it was more like I was telling someone about my day or what I was doing. I would answer unspoken questions. This kind of shocked me because I do not remember having an imaginary friend or talking alone. She added that she would also smell odors that weren't explainable, like lavender. We didn't have a plant or loose lavender in the house, but my mom associates this perfume with my grandpa, who passed away a decade ago. Now that I'm in a new apartment, I kind of feel uneasy sometimes, like I was in the old house, but it's not as strong. Maybe something came with us. I don't think so, because I presume I would feel exactly as I felt before. Maybe it was just a friendly present, since I never fully, truly felt threatened, and we were never harmed in any way. But the unease that the house gave me is so distinct that I always associate the feeling with it. And that's my story. Let me know what you guys think, and thank you for reading it. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. What's your thoughts on that one?
3: I totally get that feeling yeah. because I have it all the time. When I go someplace new, cause I've been in this house now seven weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm just now getting to the point where I can sleep pretty much through the whole night mm-hmm. because I, it's at nighttime. I get this uneasy feeling and I have no reason to have it. Mm-hmm. But But I get that every place I go. If I stay in a hotel, like, I really have to check out the hotel. If it's possibly haunted, I can't stay there. Like, I'm weird about it. Mm -hmm. especially if that person's in Italy now, holy cow. Like, there's a lot of places in Italy I would say are very haunted. I mean, because it's very old. Mm -hmm. A lot of the buildings are so old. Yeah. But I totally get that feeling. And once again, it's that mother or that parent story about the parent doesn't really talk about it while you're living there. Mm-hmm. And then they had the conversation. And the m- mom was the same way.
2: I think I, it's interesting. I think it's a good thing to, you know, I, I understand the the tactic of the, you know, don't freak out your super, super little ones. But there's an age yeah. you can easily, like Harper is seven. We obviously, she co-hosts an episode a week of the show now. So she's pretty good on talking about ghosts. Um, But I think a lot of kids are, if you approach it in the right way, she's probably a little more, I guess, you know, groomed to the idea of ghosts because, you know, she's heard us doing this, you know, for her whole life. But, you know, we never like really went overboard and like, here's ghost stories or anything. She just always kind of, you know, Le- gravitated i to say levitated—but gravitated. <laughs>
3: That's a whole
2: other episode. <laughs> she levitated. She gravitated toward the topic too, which you know a lot of kids do that with what their parents are interested in. This show—I mean, it's systemic of that for for me too. My mom always loved walking through cemeteries. We had some great cemeteries by our house growing up, so I at least once a week, quite often there were. Every day we'd go for a walk and I'd be in a cemetery. And so <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I, that all can kind of, you know, compress down to the next generation. That's how it works. So um, anyway, I have no idea where I was going with all that.
3: <laughs> but I think if Harper, had, if if you guys were in a house that was really spooky, she might have a different reaction. Yeah. But to her, you know, it's kind of normal. And, and I think a lot of kids are really fascinated by it. Yeah. Even though I lived in a haunted house, I would torture myself by reading ghost stories and shit. Like, why did I do that?
2: Looking, looking back on those moments. And and obviously this is, you know, just what, what do you think? Had your, your parents been, um, more, um, I guess, accepting of everything that was going on and open to when you guys were saying things, would that have made it better or worse for you to have it confirmed by the parents? Uh, or looking back, you were more so in the, the camp of not being validated.
3: Well, I had a very interesting childhood in that I lived in a haunted house in a very dysfunctional family. Mm -hmm. My parents were very dysfunctional. And, um, so there was so much drama in the house all the time. Yeah. And so I don't know that it was anything either one of them were even capable or interested in talking about. Yeah. They had so many other issues. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, that it's like, and so we have a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> we can't pay the rent anyway. Yeah. You know, that kind of And my dad was an alcoholic and my mom mm-hmm. was having mental breakdowns.
2: Sure. So it was kind so of
3: a bad situation.
2: Ghost is pretty low on the list. I mean, the, the, right? com- yeah. I mean, the comparison.
3: Prioritize- prioritize yeah. things when, when there's you know, I think back about it now and I'm laughing but I mean yeah. it was pretty sure. dramatic but you deal with it and yeah. it's what you know I think as an adult you can let things like that define you or you can grow
2: from it. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. You know, we, we can kind of compare some of the things going on today like that, where, you know, the the news that you see every day in recent times has been so, uh, or even longer than recent times, and we're going on half a year almost, um, you know, it, it's just like, holy shit, you can't make this up. And the layers of just extreme story, extreme story, extreme story, extreme story, you, the, the, equivalent to the ghost would be like, oh, and the factory down the road blew up today because of a gas leak or something. Nothing, you know, like terrorist related, but, but still a big fucking deal. And it was a giant factory. Uh, and you know, a few people were killed, but it's so buried in the news cycle where that would have been like, holy shit. You know, you're talking about it for 10 years straight because that's just holy shit. Um, but it, it's, things that otherwise would be holy shit things are so buried and
3: you're right
2: yeah our level of holy shit the holy shit-o-meter has changed what 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 used to constitute for holy shit is now like and you know (laughs) (laughs) you're so
3: right (laughs) every time i hear a holy shit story i'm just gonna go and what what?
2: and yeah it's like and it it's uh it, it, it just keeps fucking raising itself and there's gonna be oh a whole, God,
3: you're so right
2: we're gonna be a generation of people where kids come up and they're like thinking i have all these ideas and ideas and it's like and it's like, you well, didn't live through this it, shit it,
3: you know it's like these kids right now living in haunted houses yeah
2: and, and
3: there's a pandemic you know it's like
2: i know uh,
3: so I, bet, I feel bad for kids going through that right now. And yeah. they're stuck at home.
2: Yeah. I, I'm, I guess uh, you could
3: go outside and play, but God.
2: I have a very interesting interview coming up on The Grave Talks. I am going to be having a conversation with the folks who are living in The Conjuring House. Woo! Uh, and Ooh, that'll be interesting through the pandemic. They've actually been doing some very interesting uh, activities uh, with the conjuring house and other paranormal folks, but we're going to sit down and have a one-on-one and just talk about life. And, and more than just like what's going on right now in the house, I want to hear the, why did you decide to do this? How did you, how did you go down this road? Tell me what's going through your mind. Cause those are always such interesting stories. And, and it usually it's, it's like, there's a reason people get to where they're going and it's usually i like to think meant to be in a lot of ways and and they seem like like lovely folks so i'm i'm, I'm excited to hear their whole uh, whole story and how they got there and what they they have been going through and what they think right now so That'll be coming up soon. I have not done it yet. These are just all of my hopes and dreams for the interview. <laughs> Let, That'll
3: be very interesting.
2: It will be. I'm, I'm excited. I've talked to Andrea Parent, who lived there as a child, and now these people have the property and the house. So it's uh, it should be good. Let's jump into one more call before we wrap things up for today. Hi, you are on the air. Hey,
0: guys. My name is Denny Oak. I am from Virginia. I'm actually a paranormal podcaster myself. I am a big fan of the show. I have a story that I thought um, I would pass along to you. It's something that's perplexed me to this very day, and I've never been able to explain it. But about 10 years ago, I was really into paranormal investigation. And a friend of mine reached out to me and told me about this old World War II cemetery behind the elementary school that we both went to when we were kids. And at first I was kind of skeptical about it, but you know I agreed to meet up and we met at the location and there was this large field behind the elementary school and he you know, started taking me out into the field and I'm thinking, okay, where is this guy taking me? But he took me way out into the field and then off to the left, in the woods we came upon the world war ii cemetery um it looked to me like it was probably uh, a family plot but all the soldiers were from world war ii you know per what i was reading on the tombstones but here we are we're walking around the cemetery it's starting to get dark outside and you know there's not a soul sight. and i've pull out all my equipment and, you know, I start trying to conduct a EVP session. Nothing's really happening. And I'm thinking to myself, "Eh, you know, this is a waste of time. I turn around to leave and I convince him to come with me. And then I hear what sounds like this creaking of a door, but not just any door, you know, like the heavy... Steel doors, like you hear, like in a movie, like Frankenstein, like the eh, kind of door. And we both look at one another, and we look all around. There are clearly no doors in the middle of the woods in the cemetery. And then I realize where the sound is coming from. Just by the edge of the woods, there's actually this swamp. The sounds are coming out of the swamp. And my eyes lock on this location and I I watch and I get my friend to watch and this man rises up out of the swamp. I mean, it almost looked like he was on a hydraulic lift of some sort, but there was nothing there. He just rose from out of the depths, came up to the edge of the woods, stepped onto the ground and started to walk along the woods. Now, we couldn't, make out a single thing about him other than he was tall he was hunched over he was completely shrouded by darkness and he was carrying a lantern he didn't acknowledge our presence he just walked the length of the woods back and forth and he was just scanning the light and my friend and i were just frozen to the core and we both called out you know hey who are you who are you? And he didn't, he didn't bother to look at us. He didn't, again, I acknowledge our presence. But he kept scanning the woods, and then after about a minute or two of doing this, he turned, he went back to the exact spot that he stepped out and onto the woods, and he started lowering back down into the swamp. Now, me personally, I'm just sitting here going, okay, I feel like I'm on drugs. This can't be happening. This this isn't real. I left my friend. I hightailed it out of the woods. I ran around the swamp. It was like a minute run. I mean, not long at all. Ran around to where I could get a better view and see if this, where this guy was coming from. But by the time I got to the other side, he was nowhere to be found. I navigated that entire swamp looking for any proof of him. He was gone. That was it. The, 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 there was no more questions asked. He was gone. I turned around and I came back to my friend, and we decided it was probably best to leave. Now, that bothered me for quite some time because I couldn't come up with a logical explanation for it. There were no houses around in sight, and, and uh, let alone the fact that I couldn't find the guy. After you disappeared. So, on another occasion, I convinced a girl that I was with uh, at the time to come out with me because I had told her the story and she didn't believe it. And we came out to the cemetery, we're walking around in the woods, and, you know, I'm looking around just like before and I'm thinking, okay, this is a waste of time, nothing's here. And then I hear the, the creaking of the door that same creaking before, I mean, every hair on the back of my neck rose and I turned and I waited and I told her to watch. And nothing happened at first, nothing happened, but I could hear the grasses dancing around down in the swamp, something was moving through the swamp. Her and I ran to the, the wood line and we looked down in the swamp and there we could see a light coming through the grasses right toward us. Somebody was coming through the swamp and no doubt in my mind, I knew it was that mysterious figure that I had seen on the previous occasion. We ran around to the swamp to get a better look and there was no one in sight. Well, we came back into the woods and there he was walking back and forth across that wood line. Needs to say the girl I was with. (laughs) She decided to run as fast she could, and she did not look back. And honestly, who can blame her? Anyway, um, big fan of the show. If you'd like to use that story, by all means, feel free. It's one of those things that I know out there in the field, but it's always bothered me, and I've never been able to explain it. Take care.
2: Thanks for sharing uh, that story with us. It was a very, very good job uh, doing storytelling and almost like so, so good to the point. I was afraid that at the very end there where he's like, and, uh, and I never heard from her again because I put duct tape over her mouth and threw her in my trunk and drove away. (laughs) Then the the call just hangs up. It's like, holy shit. (laughs) But no, I'm completely kidding. Um, But very good. Thank you for sharing that. Go ahead, Carol.
3: Well, that would, that would be scary shit. (laughs) And that's one of the things that people who investigate paranormal, like I can't wrap my brain around that. No. Number one, if I saw that, I'd be the girl running away. (laughs) Sure. Because like, why would you want to stay? But he's the guy who's like, then I go around the swamp looking Mm -hmm. for evidence that it was there. Yeah. When you have to know there's no evidence because you have to know what you saw you really shouldn't be seeing or you know what I mean? So hats off to people who do that stuff. And there are a lot of people who do. And that kind of bravery slash craziness, I like, I wish I had a little bit of that (laughs) because that stuff scares the crap out of me. I would never go back like never, (laughs)
2: No, I uh, I completely Never. understand why uh, why she decided to get the hell out of there. Uh, it's uh, it's an understandable reaction, and there's obviously a good place for ghost hunting. It's usually not first dates. That's just one of the uh, I think one of the rules. Although it could, if you're both into it, could make for a pretty good first date too. It just depends. I know there's probably plenty uh, plenty of listeners who actually have met that way, especially ones who do investigate. I've, I've heard. Oh my met, god! Next you
3: know. year you. You must do a Valentine's Day episode. There's got to be stories about people who met in a haunted house or
2: ghost hunting.
3: Like maybe that that guy, like maybe the girl who he was with. There was a love connection down the road. (laughs) I don't think so but maybe
2: yeah. but no, that
3: would be a great, that would be a great Valentine's day. Episode. It
2: wouldn't be that difficult. I mean, there's so many folks that I talked to that I, are in the investigating world on, over on the grave talks. And so many uh, of them are like, and I met my, uh, my, my wife uh, doing this or in this group or that group. And so there's a lot of those connections that, uh, that go on. So,
3: well, yeah. Cause like, You know, if you're like just a regular Joe and you don't believe in ghosts and your girlfriend is out chasing them and, you know, going places at midnight or 10 o'clock at night to set up the stuff and stay there overnight. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get why people would connect over that.
2: Yeah. You're you're demonstrating a big vulnerability just being there to begin with, as far as the topic and your interest, and you're you're not afraid to, to let other people know about it, and you're doing it simultaneously, so it's 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 a good you know good connection point, and it's an easy easy conversation starter, I would think, if you're in something like that. That is going to wrap up uh, today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, if you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person and EPP sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com dot com real ghost stories until next time for carol i'm tony thanks for listening to real ghost stories online
0: this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design the kind of experience you can only find in a lexus suv a feeling this empowering is invite only fortunately you're invited Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.
1: With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need.